I was cackling when he hops out of the car holding the cocaine. He's running through the traffic mm-hmm. stop. And he turns around, just throwing bricks of cocaine. These guys. Welcome to the What's Already Podcast. We fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Carter. I'm here with my co-host, Matt Heiner. Better red than dead. And Alec Burgess. Let's get it. We appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead, hit that follow, subscribe, like, bell notification buttons so you can keep up with all of our episodes live and otherwise. Also, tell a friend about us. It helps grow the podcast. Tell your mom about us because she's a friend. That works. I mean, <laughs> most of the time anyway. So tell her. Tell the Lord of the Dead about us. Yeah. Yeah. If you know that guy, be sure to tell him. He's going to be around a while. That's at least one listen for eternity. Um, yeah. So... <laughs> That got real weird, fucking real quick. With that, we're here to talk about Redfield. It was released April 14th, 2023. It was written by Ryan Ridley and Robert Kirkman. It was directed by Chris McKay. It stars Nicholas Holt, Nicholas Cage, Aquafina, Ben Schwartz, Shore Agdashlu, Brandon Scott James, Adrian Martinez, and Camille Chen. Renfield, Dracula's henchman, and I don't understand this part, but whatever, an inmate at the lunatic asylum for decades, longs for a life away from the Count, his various demands, and all of the bloodshed that comes with them. I don't understand the asylum thing other than they were in a hospital. Yeah, but they weren't roommates. Yeah, and it's not like he was in prison there. Like, anyway, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Just another... That's what you get when you get your synopsis from a fan written page, right? JJ, how'd you uh, how'd you like the Renfield narration parts? Did that drive you crazy? You know, I think I went into the movie this movie with such low or middling expectations that it didn't surprise me that we got a bunch of exposition by way of voiceover from our main character because I didn't really expect like some character development to be written in automatically. So I don't know that it bothered me as much as it would have if I'd went in hoping to have a great movie here. Like I, w- I went into this movie hoping that Nicolas Cage continued his comeback in an epic fashion and to just get some giggles. Like I was looking for some laughter. That being said, voiceover exposition always bothers the shit out of me. No matter how low my expectations are, it's lazy and I hate it in 99% of cases. There are very few movies that I can think of and I can't think of any in the moment that have voiceover exposition that I like. I know you like the one with that kid that was at the, it's not the prison, but he lives at that boarding school or something and he gets beat up a lot. And then he has an lawyer case with Brad Pitt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. that Sleepers. Sleepers. I also like it in, I think it's done well in, uh, Shawshank, very, that's a case of when... That's because of Morgan Freeman. Well, sure. I mean, <laughs> any Morgan Freeman voiceover is going to work. But I think it's done in the right way in both of those movies, but it's overused in a lot of cases. And most of the time it's because you have too much that you think you need to tell us and you don't have enough time to film scenes that explain it. That's most of the time. Mm-hmm. And that's why the other two movies do it well, because there's things in those movies that you need to know, but they do it in a way that they don't have to show it because they want to get to the meat of the movie. So that's why it works. This one 
doesn't work, but most of this movie doesn't work. So the writing in this movie, let me just look at my, if I had to get a review in one minute, the writing's terrible. Nicholas Cage, he's not bad. He just, they didn't give him enough to, to, in my opinion, necessarily work with. The guy that plays Renfield, I thought did fine with what he was given, but wasn't extremely compelling. Aquafina trying to be a serious character when she's, it was just, that was a train wreck. And I, I mean, I have a bad track record with Aquafina, but I just thought she was just garbage. And I like the guy, whatever the actor's name, who plays John Raffio in Parks and Rec. He was, so where I, where I say, what I've been telling people, this is a very meh average movie that's funny at times. Anytime that guy was on screen, he made me laugh. And that doesn't always mean he was great, but I did laugh at times. But this movie didn't really make really any sense at all. Watch it at home if you're desperate. That's fair. I think the alternative kind of storyline that I noticed in the movie would have been more funny, which would be Renfield hunting down the people he's hunting down like Bill or Bob. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm following Bob because, ooh, wait, I can't say that part. <laughs> like, I would have been much more entertained if it's Nicholas Holt as Renfield trying to convince people to come into the insane asylum so he can feed them to Dracula. And kind of being like, oh, yeah, oh, sorry, sorry, I had to, didn't have a choice while they're getting bled dry versus trying to be like this hero figure. Because Apache Joe was my favorite part of this movie. Oh, yeah, it's great. great. (laughs) You tell him his name is racist. The guy cuts out people's tongues. (laughs) But also, that was funny because Ben Schwartz is hilarious. Let's just get that out of the way. That guy's funny no matter what he does. And the fact that his name is Tedward. It's not Theodore. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not Theodore. It's like a cross between Ted and Edward. Like it's Tedward Lobo. Like it's fucking great. But yeah, I mean, he's funny. Every time he was in the, I'm with you, Matt. Every time he was on screen, like I laughed my ass off because he's funny. But he's funny in everything he does. Like I think of this is where I leave you. Like right, he's the rabbi's freaking boner, and then he's the yeah. best part of that movie. And that movie's great. Yeah, he's funny as hell. So I liked him. He saved this movie for me because I was laughing my ass off. What I want Alex to take it a step further, what I kept wanting him to do is to turn into Dracula. Like, and that's his whole goal is he's feeding Dracula. He's like, I want to be a heroic Dracula, right? So my goal is how do I take Dracula's power and kill him? Like that shit would have been hilarious. What if I poison the person that I bring to him? What if I, you know, different ways. Yeah. But he also does it in this heroic Putting way. So, garlic, like feeding people a bunch yeah. of garlic before taking them a drink. Yeah, like I think you could, you had some great comedy opportunity there. And the fact that he's doing like the people that he brings lean into the fact that he's like this uh, vigilante that uses Dracula as the crime fighter and Dracula doesn't even realize it, right? Like it's, that shit would have been hysterical. Cause I laughed out loud when he's like, Oh, I'm here because they lead me to people that I can feed to Dracula and not feel bad about it. <laughs> like I was like, that's yeah. great. So there's little elements. I think they had the, I think the most frustrating thing I was thinking through this whole movie was like, man, the concept for this movie is fantastic. They just the story sucks. missed it with what they actually did with it because they had so many other options to me that would have been just wildly entertaining. and different but they went down a path where i felt like they just got kind of again i go back to they got lazy and were like oh we can just tell this story of this guy trying to redeem himself but no why like i'm tired of redemption stories like give me like this guy wants to be dracula but he wants to do it like to sate his guilt 
he wants to be a vigilante Dracula. So he's trying to figure out how to simultaneously become him while killing him and being his servant. Like that shit would have been great. And all the while taking on the mob within this city. The most ridiculously yeah. stupid mob I've ever seen. Dude, the Lobos are the greatest mob ever. I want to be a Lobo. <laughs> Okay, can I just say, like, I laughed for five minutes, and I'm sure everybody in the theater with me thought I was laughing at other things in the movie, but Ted's car, Teddy's car, with the wolf doing cocaine on the side of it, like, it's like, this is the greatest thing ever. It was just great. Because you know at that point, like, all the cops are in their pocket. Yeah. Because he could drive around with a wolf with doing cocaine on the side of his car. I was cackling when he hops out of the car holding the cocaine. He's running through the traffic mm-hmm. stop. And he turns around, just throwing bricks of cocaine. Bricks of cocaine at these guys. And he gets off. I was like, yeah, he's, he's totally, every single cop is dirty in this thing. Yeah. Whatever cartel they're going through, they're, lo- they're in danger because they lose a lot of money in the wasted and stolen cocaine in this thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the biggest problem with this movie besides the writing is Aquafina. Terrible. Terrible. It was bad. Terrible. It was really, really bad. I just do not enjoy her. Like I tolerated her in Shang-Chi. Everything else I think of with her in it, I'm out. Like she makes everything worse. I, I did like her in Jumanji, the second one. Is that the one she's in where she's uh, Danny DeVito? I was okay with that, but most of the time she's too much. Yeah. Apparently there's a, a drama movie that she was in that she doesn't, she's not trying to be funny at all. And apparently she was really good. I've never seen it, so I don't know. I'm never going to see but it. I, yeah, I probably won't ever see it, but I can say it. It always felt like in this movie, she was like on the board of trying to kind of be funny, but wasn't because she was trying to be serious. And it just, I was like, who are we here? Well, and that's the thing with comedy that you have to be really careful with especially in that situation, right? You have this character that has some real trauma that they're dealing with. And there are some people that deal with their trauma with very, very good comedy. Like 90% of the comedians, the great comedians out there, it's how they deal with their trauma. Like Robin Williams. Yeah. I mean, mean, dealt with it till he couldn't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, and all of us have trauma, right? It's how we, and then how do we deal with it? Some people deal with it with comedy. Her problem was she's dealing with this character that feels like it has a lot of trauma and they put that trauma front and center. And then she's not funny. Like the jokes did not land, which means that you're just not dealing with your trauma very well. <laughs> it's like, what the hell's going on? Cause it was just, it felt forced, I guess. Is that's my way of saying her comedy felt like it was very forced. And every time it was on the screen, like I lost interest yeah, and she's like, did you just kill someone with a serving platter or whatever? And it was supposed to be funny, but it just kind of came across as matter of fact. And you're like, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, that happened. And like the level of like instant belief that she has that this dude works for mm-hmm. Dracula. Like I was like, wait, what? Okay, you saw him chop people's arms off with a serving platter. But I think the one line she has in the movie that I actually laughed at was the you know, when people say that I've seen worse, <laughs> everything you just did is my worse. <laughs> is that for me? Like, I think yeah, that's I the only line that I giggled at. How do we feel? Because in this movie, because it was poorly written and didn't make a lot of sense, they definitely lean into the dramatized 
display of like blood and gore. Like I don't have a problem with like excessive fight mechanics and some blood, but I felt like it was a masking agent to have that shock and awe for the rest of what wasn't very good about this movie. And so I found it to be more annoying at times where it should have been like, whoa, like that's crazy. It's so funny. But because the humor wasn't necessarily there, a lot of those over the top things, it didn't, it didn't land for me as much. The only area I'd say it did land is when they cut Dracula up in little pieces and did all they did. I was like, oh, like, okay, that's clever. Spread them out. But I just thought it was a, little, a bit much because it just felt like a masking agent. Yeah, that's fair. I I almost lost it during like the hotel sequence or the apartment sequence mm-hmm. where he rips some dude's arms off and then proceeds to beat the entire cartel and remaining police officers with this dude's arms before using them to pin two other people indoors. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, based on that scene alone, it felt like by the time they got there in filming, they went, mm, this isn't going well. We need to up because if you think about Mm -hmm. the first half of the movie, there's violence, but it's not that level of violence. Yeah, it wasn't like the most violent piece up to that point was when he punches the one assassin's head off, right? And it goes roll, it hits the car, which that was actually pretty funny, but mostly because of Ben Schwartz's reaction more than anything else. But then we get to that point of the apartment complex fight, and at that, I, I can almost see these filmmakers going, this isn't working. We need to up the ante here. So let's make this ultra silly violent. And like you said, we're ripping people's arms off. We're beating people Wait, to death. Stomps with down at someone from the third story, whatever. And it's like a gusher, yeah. like popped or something. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Yeah. And the problem is like, for me anyway, that fight started out really funny. Cause he's like, help me find a bug. Yeah. <laughs> and I would have enjoyed it more if like the first three minutes of this fight, he's useless. Yeah. Right. He's, he's running around ducking under people, getting knocked all over the place because he can't find a stinking bug. Instead, he just goes in and like <laughs> jumps down on an ant farm. That he helped to build? That he helped to build, right? And then goes into, you know, super Dracula familiar mode. But I would have had more fun if he's absolutely useless. And then I think a joke from Aquafina talking about like, you were way better at the restaurant. <laughs> or like where something something along those lines like you know you're, you're useless now yeah um and have like, them i ate a ladybug <laughs> Don't yeah worry. yeah like just have a little bit more humor lean into that to start that fight off because yeah, i mean it's like yeah. it's not but working you, but they can't make up their mind on what they want to do almost yeah. but then you go to the ending fight when they all get dracula powers and then you're like He's like super Renfield in my head. I'm like, all right, well, maybe he's been doing this for a couple hundred years. He's got fighting technique down, but he's facing, there was like 10 people or something making them all look like Swiss. She's like, no, no, it's not going to happen because we've seen him get hurt with people that weren't souped up. And I, no, this is not working. Like, this is just dumb. Like, that's where I really tell. I was like, no, it's not happening. Dracula could just whoop their ass. Like, this isn't believable at all to me. I, I really didn't like that at all. And my question was, why did he wait till now to like have an army of familiars? Mm-hmm. Like Dracula's not an idiot. He would. I mean, this Dracula is. is. But I was like, why'd you wait until you found this crime syndicate? There's been crime syndicates all throughout history. Yeah. Like it never once occurred to you to recruit a bunch of bad guys and give them supernatural powers for world domination? Like really? I mean, also not really a smart plan, though, because eventually you're going to run out of food. Yeah. You have to start eating your familiars. Yeah. 
and then you're just going to run out of food. That's fair. Unless you go down a very twisted line, which I'm not going to go in this particular podcast. (laughs) Um, The other one, like I think would have been funnier when he gets there and it's instead of like 10 henchmen, it's just Ted and Ted brings out his guns, even though he's superpower and like squeezes them and breaks them or something like that shit would. And he's like, well, fuck, I don't know how to fight. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? But all of a sudden he's like this super fighter. And I'm like, wait, is it like the matrix and you eat a bug hmm. and now you know Kung Fu? You downloads like, Kung Fu power. Yeah, I'm like, how's this shit work? This guy was the biggest pussy on the planet until he eats a bug and now he's like... He snorted that centipede hard though, dude. That was fucking nuts. <laughs> it was so gross. Big old desert centipede. You're like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Funny to fit into his cocaine thing though. Yeah. That was I think that was CGI. Well, it yeah. paid me enough to do that. I mean, I think my problem is like this movie had really funny moments, at yeah. least to me. But when they missed on their comedy, they missed hard. So the ones that landed didn't like make such a big difference. Because I mean, one joke that got me that I cackled about was when Nicholas Holt comes home and Dracula's at his kitchen table and looks out the welcome mat. And he's like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like you put out a welcome mat still at the vampire and i mean i was dying but it gets overshadowed by all these other bad jokes that kind of lead up to it where that whole sequence where he's changing his life this just feels weird that by the time they got around to this joke i was like okay that was good but it doesn't erase all the bad that they've done so far yep well and one thing that this movie needed more of was nicholas cage as dracula Mm -hmm. because the shit was funny like other than Friggin' Ben Schwartz, like I laughed at Nick Cage the most because it's just ridiculous. Like his Dracula is so ridiculous. Like he's been alive for how long now? And like you said, he's just now thinking of getting villains to be his familiars and more than one familiar. And like the lines of like, how long has he been being fed these random people that aren't innocent? And but you know that innocent people give you more power. Like fire this fucker. Like you're Dracula, dude. Like. What are you waiting on? <laughs> it was so dumb. But then like how passionate like his speeches always were, were just hilarious to me. Like, and they just had that Nick Cage flair that made me laugh with super sharp teeth. They needed more Nick Cage, which is why I say they needed more of like interaction between the two of them. And I think you could have had, and as dumb as he was, like you could have had him being tricked into eating dumb shit, dumb, like people full of garlic or whatever, you know, some leaving some piece of silver, or like, you know what I mean? Shoot, whatever it is, so shoot him up with silver nitrate. How hilarious would that be? But like having him do something and like be like, why does this taste funny? You know, I just, like, there's a lot of opportunity for comedy that they just really missed out on trying to tell this redemption story. That's like, nobody gives a shit if Discover redeems himself. We just don't. Especially when yeah. you attach it to this dumbass romance with Aquafina. Like, what the fuck is that? Nobody cares. Yeah, because you got, I mean, you'd have so much fun with all the stereotypical vampire things, right? Like, yeah. you know, Nick Cage, after he, he gets fed, I don't know, some bloated blood or goes into kind of maybe a comatose scene, you have Nick hold, holding a wooden stake and a mallet, like sneaking up on him. Yeah, and then it's good. like, oh, what are you doing? Just, uh, just, fixing, the, just fixing the wall or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or toss off the side. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing at all. Yeah, you could have had some serious... That's a great... Like, just like the floor mat, the doormat. Right? Yeah. Like you have some like, weird... But that would have been great if they hadn't had him be his familiar for hundreds of years, right? Like, 
if you want to change it up and not be as familiar brand new. And so now he's trying to figure out how to get out of it. So you see him like trying all the old tropes to get rid of him. Yeah, and they set it up perfectly at the beginning because I know you don't like the voice exposition, mm-hmm. but that one at the beginning where he's like in the castle and he's like, you know, this time I really think he needs it. Like that <laughs> leading up to that, I was like, oh, dude, that's good. But then it, it turns into nothing. But you could lead in with a, a lot of these tropes and like even if you did a montage, like I realized, you know, mm. at that moment I fucked up. Yeah. So then you do a montage of I tried wooden steaks, I tried feeding them garlic, and you could do a montage of things where, you know, Renfield tries to kill Dracula, but nothing works. And you could even do that. That leads to him just kind of being depressed because he's tried so hard and he can't do it. Now he's depressed. Then he finds Aquafina. They come up with this plan or whatever. And you can still kind of keep the storyline the same, but just change how you tell it. Yeah. And you can even have, because Dracula is so dumb, like he just loves Renfield. Like how much funnier would yeah. that be too? Like if he really was like, Renfield, you're like my best friend. Like I love you, right? And then like he gets mad every time he tries to kill him and he kills Renfield and brings him back to life with his yeah. blood. <laughs> and so like I, that would even add to the depression level, right? Like fuck, I've died a thousand times and I can't kill this son of a bitch. He keeps bringing me back because he thinks I'm his best friend. Like you know, just that triangle of ridiculousness makes me laugh thinking about it and it would work with their characters yeah right nicholas holt nicholas cage have on-screen chemistry yeah they could pull that off and i think they could do it while using voice exposition in a not terrible way it was almost like they the writers had the story and they took no outside influence or changes or script changes and forced it be the way it was yeah Agreed. Got to give credit to the makeup artists and CGI peeps. They'd be good. They, the cage look good. Good job there. Yeah, he did. And a lot of the silliness looked. Yeah, I mean the visuals. More than anything, I didn't really think about it till you're just talking about that. But visually, it was pretty funny. It had some good yeah. moments, except for the CGI blood. That was terrible. But anything surrounding the cage, I thought they did quite good. Yeah. And I liked his Game of Thrones chair, Game of Blood. Yeah, I mean, that's the worst part is when your funniest parts are like shit that's in the background or yeah, like, you know, your writing sucks. But I will say I did like when they like they have him trapped in that circle and they're like looking around at all the weapons and the fucking start beating the shit out of him. That was great. <laughs> oh, you know what other else made me laugh? Like I laughed, laughed at the very end when they're back in the group. And I'm like, wait, how are these people? Oh, they took all of Dracula's blood when they're killing him. And then that speech that he's like giving, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, we thank you for bringing us back after the things we've seen. Oh, the see, And we know and we can't unknow. <laughs> like, that, that's fucking great. I like that guy. He's in Ghost, the show that Tay's watching. He was good. That guy was, he, he was funny. I, I did like the group leader. I yeah. thought, more of those scenes, like if they could have, you know, I was talking about it, they could have done more of that stuff and woven some in. They had something going there. Yeah. I like the big dude with the beard too, where he's like, he gets mad and he's thanks, Renfield. <laughs> like just I like the group shit. It made me laugh. But that line specifically, like at the end, where he's like, Thanks for bringing us back after seeing things that can't be unseen. Like I was laughing pretty <laughs> damn hard at that line. But that was uh, yeah, it was just little moments of comedy where I'm like, please give me more. Cause when you do get it right, you get it pretty right. But they did not get much 
Right. But that yeah. character, and one of my favorite parts in the trailer was that guy where, and in the movie where he's like, Come on in. Well, no, I, well, no, he's talking about you. He can't grow to full power. He's like, exactly. Oh, he's he like, can't. Wait, that's a weird way to word that. Like, why would you, <laughs> why'd you phrase it that way? But yes. <laughs> but then they immediately flip it with the heavy handedness of like him. I am a, I'm a, uh, I'm, I'm dependent. codependent. I'm a I'm codependent. codependent. I'm like, what? This is weird. That wasn't funny, but the group was funny. Anyway, I, yeah. We're ready to rate this thing? I think so. All right, Alec, you go first, buddy. It's pretty easy. I mean, it had so much potential, but it just didn't go anywhere with it. And, you know, I mean, I enjoyed a, a handful of the jokes that came about. I thought they could have leaned more into the stereotypes like I was talking about earlier. Take a different spin on the Dracula movie. I mean, you have this great concept. You can use that. Do something different. Change it up. And I just felt like they dropped the ball. I mean, one and a half. I am not going to be watching this again. Not even putting it on like his background noise. Just there's better things to watch with Nicholas Holt. Better things to watch with Nicholas Cage. It's even better things to watch with Aquafina. Let's be honest. I mean, kind of. So, yeah, one and a half for me. Not a whole lot to say more about it. Yeah. This movie felt like a whole big lot of failed potential. And it was sad. The bright spots were Nicolas Cage, Ben Schwartz, and then the group. But other than that, like I'm with Alec, like it's, it's not even a middle of the road movie. Like it's one of these ones that should have been middle of the road or a little bit better, but it just failed to do what it should have done. So I'm going to give it a two. I won't watch it again either but there were some entertaining parts. So I can't completely shit on it as bad as I do some movies. Cause I did have moments where I was laughing and I thought it was good, but the, the amount of failed potential and then the lack of like every time Aquafina was on screen, I'm like, just go away. You're not, I don't want to keep watching this while you're here. So yeah, there it is. Alec, bring us, or Jesus, Mattson, bring us on. I'll write again. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to give it a 1.5 as well. I should commend the people that, make the extended trailer for this movie. You did a great job because mm-hmm. a lot of us were excited. This movie looked intriguing. Uh, they took the best parts of this movie. And this is a classic <laughs> case of if you've seen the two and a half minute or three minute trailer and seen the one other one or other ones that they make of it, you've probably seen it all and you're good. Just stick with that because those are the best parts. I don't even know if I'd recommend them this when it's on streaming at home because there's other things to watch. It was just, it was very meh, just meh. There it is. That is uh, Renfield. Um, the only thing you don't get in the trailer is Ben Schwartz. He's not in. Yeah, they, yeah. I didn't even know he was in the movie until he showed up. Like, oh, that's funny. If they if they have one out there now and we see a couple scenes with him, you're really good. Don't. Yeah, yeah. Watch the trailer and then YouTube the Ben Schwartz clips, and you'll be good to go. <laughs> that's about it. Maybe the group discussions beyond the trailer because there's like one or two, but that's it. Yeah. So there it is. Alec, tell everybody where they can find us. Happy to. Thanks for tuning in to our review of Renfield, sponsored by Teddy motherfucking Lobo. What were your thoughts on Renfield? I'm curious to know. If this is your first time listening to our podcast, I am sorry. Go pick a better movie. Like one of my favorites, Moneyball. That review was some OG What's Our Verdict host, so yours truly is not there, but it still manages to be a great recording, even if it does lack nuns, happy couples, tourists, and a busload of cheerleaders. But, you know, you can't always have everything in every movie. We appreciate you listening to this point of the video. So if you have stuck around, please give the video a like as it helps us to grow the channel. 
and reach more corruptible souls. Special shout out to our current patron, Shuddering Sisyphus. If you were Dracula, you could suck my blood. Aggressive winking. (laughs) If uh, you find yourself drawn to supporting the podcast further, then just uh, listen away. You can join us on Patreon, where every dollar earned goes towards giving Apache Joe the funeral he deserves. With that, I will kick it back to the Titan of Terror, the King of Crash, Ajayjay. Yeah, thanks, Alec. I don't have much to add on this one, so I'll just go ahead and say it. We appreciate you tuning in as always, and we'll catch you on the next one. Wait! Hasta la vista, baby. Cinematic out.